So the first thing I want to talk about in this episode is Carvana. Now I know it seems kind of unusual to go ahead and lead off with something like that, but it's performing better than I gave it credit for. In other words, I didn't think it would be that big of an influence and have that big of an impact right away, but it's climbing up the boards and becoming a player in the used car business. And it has a lot to do, it makes sense though, it has a lot to do with everything that we've done in this business for the past 30 or 40 years. And as I've said before, we created this type of thing. We created this fear. We've created this in society. And I'll tell you what, something about Carvana, and it does irritate me because their commercials are the most insulting depiction, the most exaggerated depiction of the caricature that society has about our business. And it, it, it's terrible, really. But that's what they're banking on. They're banking on that fear. They're banking on the fact that they believe that we work deals outside and hide things and are deceitful and we try to switch people from a two-door to a four-door. A uh, number of different things. We try to uh, trick them and be deceitful on their trade and just give them half of what it might be worth. Now, there might still be sales consultants and facilities that have some of these tendencies. I don't think it's full-blown or full-bar anymore. I think that it's toned back. I think things are being done a little bit more progressively now. But I'll tell you what, we can fix what we've created. But it has to do with evolving this business. It has to do with following the foundation that we're setting up. And it's all about communication. It's all about professionalism and courtesy. And there's no deceit. There's no shell games. There's no smoke and mirrors. We have all the tools necessary to be that person, that sales consultant that people want to gravitate towards, that want to trust. But we have to, we have to take it upon ourselves. The responsibility is ours because we do have a lot of adversity, but we have a lot of help. And we're going to talk about that. All of the sources now in the marketplace are designed to help us if we know how to use them, if we know how to interpret them, if we know how to take the bad information out and show the customer how this information isn't 100% correct and it's not being utilized properly. Again, if you take a look at Carfax, Carfax has trained the market. They've trained customers to look for one owner vehicles with no accidents, right? Well, guess what? The value of those vehicles is higher now for sure and even to a more predominant level than it used to be. Because quite frankly, with today's technology, and again, we've said these things before, but with today's technology, you can fix a vehicle if it's not structurally damaged, and even then in some cases, but if it doesn't have a salvage title or what have you, I mean, it's still a sound, safe vehicle. But they portray a vehicle having an accident or two as not being safe. Totally untrue. Misconception not perceived properly, bad information that customers will believe by the droves. So we have to do the best we can to learn how to communicate properly and effectively to make sure that we get through to our people. But it starts with professionalism and courtesy. You want to talk about exaggerations, and you want to talk about some of the things that Carvana and some of these ads might be doing to portray us. We have to get away from the over-enthusiastic approach It's okay to be enthusiastic, but if your people are jumping back from you or have a wide-eyed look, you might be going overboard. So you want to think about these things. No more power handshakes. 
None of that stuff. No more jumping out. Let's take a look at your trade. What do I got to do to sell you a car today? None, none of that. It's over. We have to get rid of it. It's professional courtesy. What would you like to accomplish today? If you're on the phone, instead of saying, hey, I've got an opening at 415 or 445. When can you be here today? When does your schedule allow for a visit? We'd love to meet you. You're important to us. We want to take care of you. You see the difference here? And this is how we are going to proceed. And this is how we are going to evolve and get back into or rediscover or discover maybe for the first time in some cases how professional we can be. So instead of taking a look at some of these things like Carfax and this buying service Carvana, by the way, something about Carvana, understand this. The parents of millennials, and these parents are highly protective, have long ago developed their ideas and perceptions of what this business represents. And they've passed them on. They've passed on those perceptions and those beliefs. So that's one of the things too. You don't have to be, and I don't want to, I don't want to insult anybody by saying a social misfit can't be out in public. That's what Carvana. That's who Carvana is catering to. I don't want to say that. Although the internet it gives people a chance who aren't comfortable around other people and are certainly fearful and anxious, a chance to hide behind something, hide behind a barrier, and Carvana's just taking it to the next level. So understand what it is, but embrace it. Understand, too, that, that Carvana's cars aren't fully reconditioned the way they should be. They don't have anybody really to answer to. They think they do, but they don't. They're not going to come in perfectly as they have portrayed them. It's different to be able to walk around a car, to drive a car before you take delivery of the vehicle. Now, yeah, you can reject it, but why take all that time if you trust a professional? If you're able to go look at a vehicle or have one brought in for you by a professional, how about? Wouldn't that be something nice? And there are facilities that do deliver vehicles. So it's not something that we can't combat. But again, it goes back to how we treat the customers, how they believe us, and how they perceive our words and our actions. That's what this is all about. And this is how, again, we're going to progress. But again, uh, Carfax, embrace it. Kelly Blue Book, embrace it. Uh, Take a look at the values that they have posted on these things, what their target is. They give us plenty of room to be profitable if we put the right money in trades. And keep in mind, one of the biggest things, and I had this for the longest time, and you've uh, heard this before on a previous podcast, I would think, or Hope, or in in the book, or in some other videos, but uh, this is huge. Remember when we used to try to counter or have somebody justify their trade-in value? And they said, well, I just think my car is worth that. So even though we have all these sources, which, by the way, are inaccurate, you have to play to that, too. If they were accurate, they'd all say the same thing, but they don't, although they are coming a little bit closer together now. But you have all this support, and somebody still thinks their car is worth such and such. But here's the big thing. If you go back to professionalism, not challenge them too hard, not get in their face about it, not tell them they're out of their mind or they're not understanding, people don't like to hear that. They want to be treated professionally. So what you say to them basically is, John, please keep in mind that when you send your friends and family members in to buy from me, and I know you will because I'm going to treat you so well and you're going to love your experience, I can't overcharge them for a used car on our lot. It has to be market-based price. I can't overcharge them because somebody thought their trade-in was worth more. Knowing that, can we go ahead and move forward at these figures? So this is an example of a counter-transition close uh, to a car deal. But these are things that you'll pick up, and those are things that we're going to learn together. But again, it's all about professionalism. It's all about being on an even keel and not getting upset. It's not getting defensive. 
And the way that that happens is through confidence. And confidence comes from being prepared and having knowledge on how to handle these concerns and objections. It's very, very important. So remember that. Don't be fearful. Keep an eye on things. But utilize all of these sources to your advantage. And we're going to learn how to do all that. We're going to get really, really good at it as we move forward. So we had a situation staying on the theme of used cars where a customer came in. And we had one, uh, you know, one of the sales consultants that we've worked with in the past has expressed to me how this feign indifference concept uh, to have no bias as to whether they buy a car right now or not has pretty much <laughs> set him free and reduced a lot of the stress and anxiety because the managers that he works with have bought into it also. It doesn't mean that we want to toss these customers out. It doesn't mean that we don't want them to buy a car today, but it means that we're okay if they don't, because we know we're going to get them back at some point if we treat them what? With professionalism and courtesy. But these people have been trained. You have to take it away. As I've said in the past, we are the worst negotiators in the world in this business. Everybody tries to say, hey, we, we know our business. We're the professionals. We have the advantage over the customer. How is, how is it an advantage when we don't want to let them go or we can't walk away from the table? Think about it. It's crazy. And that's what we're trying to get away from with the feigned indifference. We want to let them believe that we're ready to let them walk away. Because once you have that, you gain a bit of the control back. You gain some of the power back. And at least you narrow that gap between what they want to pay and what you need to have to make a profit or a good profit. That's what we're trying to do, sort of trying to learn and practice and get better at here. But the feign indifference is really, really neat. If you get this person that has been trained in the past, and we train him, so don't blame him, but it comes in and say, well, I'm going to beat you up a little bit. I want $5,000 off this used car. You better sharpen your pencil. You've heard all of this before. The more and more you hear it, the more silly it sounds. Sharpen your... Okay, whatever. You know, again, we probably created this. Great for us. But now we have to re-educate this individual. $5,000 off a used car. How in the world, if we are applying our market-based pricing philosophy, can we take $5,000 off the car? Even NADA, even Kelly Blue Book, Black Book, anybody, Edmonds, all these sources don't give you five grand generally. I mean, not to say that we're not going to make it on some because there are certain cases and certain vehicles where we're allowed to do that, at least try to, and if we build enough value, we can. And guess what, gang? We deserve to. It's not taking advantage of a customer. And please, don't let me hear this stuff either. It's not knocking their head off. Um, it's not. There's nothing demeaning about that. You've made profit on a vehicle that should bring it. So, that being said, we'll move on. With the feign indifference, the guy that says, I'm going to beat you up, I want $5,000 off, what have you. You go back to, well, here's the interesting thing. Everything now is market-based, so things have changed just a bit. We've had to evolve with the information that's available. It's all transparent because everything is out there for you. So, based on any research that you've done, what might be your realistic expectations on a vehicle like this? Understanding that this is actually selling for a bit more than this in the marketplace right now. It's actually a customer favorite here. Challenge them just a bit. You know, you have to try to build the value and make them understand that they're going to need to pay the money. They have to pay the money for these cars if they want it. Now it goes back to the feign indifference. I'm going to beat you up. I want $5,000 off. Well, perhaps this isn't the right vehicle for you. Everything is market-based. This will bring a bit more than this even in the marketplace. We're pretty confident that we'll have somebody come through the door that'll be happy to pay that in the next few days. So let's take a look at something else perhaps that represents a better value for you. That's feign indifference, gang. And it's powerful, and it allows you 
to keep a leg up in the negotiation process. So remember it. And you can use it on new cars, although it's a little bit more difficult, but we'll dive into that also. But for used cars, the feign indifference. You know, take all the time you need. It's your decision. You have to see value in it. You have to want the car. These are all things and terms that you have to learn to use with customers, particularly if they're playing a little hardball with you. You have to want the car, John. You know, that comes right down to that. Uh, what about this vehicle at this dollar, based on your research, does not represent a value to you? Well, if he doesn't have an answer, then tell him, well, let me show you why it's worth the money and why it's bringing this dollar in the market. And then go to a world-class presentation that we have to give to everybody, not just the people that seem receptive to it. You have to give it to crusty old John when he doesn't want to talk to you anymore. You have to even be on your on a better game, have a better A game with John than you would with anybody else that says, hey, show me this car because I'm going to buy one right now and this one looks great. You have to you have to give your best presentation to the people that are not that receptive because you have to build their comfort level uh, with your level of confidence. So keep that in mind also. But as we move forward, you're just gonna you're gonna love this. It it's, makes it so simple. I had a sales manager uh, out on the West Coast uh, that uh, I talked I spoke with, and he said it, it just simplifies everything. The, the feign indifference simplifies everything. The market based pricing makes it easy. Because it is that it is what is represented right now. So let's go back real quick. Even in new cars, they have some have more incentives than the others. Some have ridiculous incentives. Oh, by the way, we need to quit giving these new cars away. Just so you know, uh, the philosophy that the manufacturers want us to have as sales consultants and facilities is costing us a lot of our gross to pick up. Well, you want to use a reverse application of the Pareto principle or the eighty twenty rule. Okay, to increase your volume, ten to twenty percent will cost you eighty percent of your. Vo- or, I'm sorry, eighty percent of your gross. That's a silly, silly philosophy to have, and it's not worth it. All these ridiculous internet prices, where they're losing money, where they're eight hundred dollars back a net net, just to get an additional sale from somebody outside the marketplace. That's playing to the manufacturers. Stop it. Build value in it and pass. I'm telling you right now. Now, there's a, there's a time and a place to gain business outside the market, but as a whole, we are going to have to, as facilities, bring our level of profitability up because we deserve it. And it's not going to cost us that much volume. You want to get your volume the right way? Be professional and courteous. Build your business. See six customers pass the one in front of you and continuously contact your customer base. Have an intimate knowledge of the customer base and your inventory. And you will build your business and your volume naturally. You don't have to rely on price. Price is a terrible way to get a little jump in volume uh, when it's just simply not necessary and give up way too much money. So enough, yes, I was standing on a box. So preaching, I'm terribly sorry. So let's get back to the subject at hand. Okay, so we're talking about how easy the market-based pricing philosophy and the foundation that we use in feigned indifference is for us and how much pressure it takes off. This is everybody says this is a high pressure business. It's only because we make it that way. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, we can feel extremely relaxed because we're confident in what we're doing and we know exactly which way to go with these customers to get the best opportunity to close them on a car right now today. Yes, I did say right now today. Not necessarily saying it to the customer, but that's our goal because why? This is an urgent business. Once they leave our lot, yes, they can go any place else and buy a car. We have to be very, very careful about that. But we can't be falling all over these people and sell from weakness. We have to sell from strength always. 
and we can eliminate the shopping list. If you are professional, if you are courteous, if you stick to the foundation, that is, remember this, write this down if you haven't before, the pursuit of customer comfort and consultant confidence, the practice of feign indifference, and the utilization of market-based pricing philosophy, and the technique, the counter-transition close that we talk about. If you utilize all these things, if you practice all of these things, if you pursue all of these, there is no angst. There isn't any stress because you have given yourself the best opportunity and the best opportunity of anyone out there to close these customers. And I'll tell you another thing. If you use these things to perfection, they may just stop. You may have eliminated the shopping list, which is our ultimate goal, our end game, is to eliminate the shopping list. They may drive off and drive right back without ever touching another facility because you've done your job so well. That's what it's about. So let's talk about a couple of situations that I've been emailed about. about these are success stories. These are kind of cool. And it just depends on what your philosophy is. Let's talk about the new car first. We had a situation where we had a young couple in, and they were looking at a $20,000 vehicle, $21,000 vehicle. The sales manager wasn't going to start the vehicle at, at list because they had some expectations on it, and they were going to go shop. They specifically said, we're going to go shop, and we're going to do, what, what the, three, the three, we're going to shop three places and whatever they say. But here's the situation. They did everything they could possibly do to eliminate the shopping list, and how did they do it? Well, you can take a look at a number of different things. True Car is actually an asset. Or it can be. It wasn't always that way, and it still is kind of a pain in the butt, and it's still a bit of a scam to dealers. They still lose $300 a crack uh, for no good reason because they end up selling it for less than true car anyway. But the situation is this, is that a lot of times Internet sales are more competitive, or if they shop, the pricing is more competitive than something as simple as true car. Do not do this on your own. Ask your sales manager first. But you would be able at some point to utilize true car if you're going to have to go below that price anyway. And you'll, I'll get back to that. You'll know what I mean. But based on true car, you can say something like, well, I'll tell you what, the market is bearing about an eight to $1,200 discount on these units, maybe 15 in some extreme cases, depending upon, you know, if it's a demonstrator or what have you, that's something that we'd like to go ahead and offer you because we don't want to miss you. You know, we'd like to go ahead and take care of you if we could. And they'd already had a good presentation and we were already kind of on their way out the door and one of those numbers. So the numbers had to be presented in the right way, and they had to be presented with value. So that being said, is this something that we can go ahead and, and do now? Can we can we accelerate the process, take this off your plate, so that you don't have to travel or visit to a lot of these different facilities? Well, they decided they were going to come back. They were local, and it's risky, but they did come back. And basically they said, well, if you can do the 15 and it said it was maximum 12 to 15. If you can do the $1,500 discount, we'll go ahead and take the car. Well, that's a perfectly acceptable deal in this case. And quite frankly, uh, you know, they were they ended up taking 1350 in the way of a discount. Just split the $300 difference, and we're extremely happy with that. But it was the presentation, it was the professionalism, the courtesy, just everything about it, the, the culture that was in the, the facility, the tone of everything, all these things are important. All these things are vital. And all these things can be destroyed and kill a car deal if you're not really, really careful. So, again, the market is bearing this on these vehicles. Now, if you have a number of different incentives, like a lot of uh, sales managers out there that um, you know work for GM facilities or Chrysler or Ford or what have you and some other ones, you, know, you have uh, certain manufacturers that have big 
incentives or rebates or manufacturers don't have any. Uh, maybe they have special interest rates, perhaps uh, factory-supported rates. Utilize what you have to utilize to maximize the opportunity to close the car deal. But understand, even if you've got a $6,000 rebate, why wouldn't you try to hold some of that front-end gross? Why wouldn't you explain to the customer that these incentives are designed to help us you know, maintain a level of margin or profitability while still earning your business? Because this is why the incentives are there, is to get you in the seat of this vehicle. We believe in the, the value. We believe in the, uh, the fact that you're going to love this car forever, particularly people who never tried it before. We want to get you into this brand, and that's why they have these incentives, to go ahead and take care of you and make sure you try it. Because once you try it, you're not going back. You're going to love it. Uh, so not enough people are trying it. We need to get you to try it. And the reason is here, and then you build the value in the vehicle. So these are things that you can do, but why not try to conserve some of it? The market is bearing maybe this type of a discount in addition to the incentives. Can we go ahead and do paperwork at these figures? Or can we go ahead and move forward? Let me show you why this vehicle is worth the money. Let me show you why this vehicle has more value than anything in the marketplace at this dollar and in this segment. Whatever. And then it's your job as a sales consultant. But again, move forward and allow yourself the opportunity to make the money because it's extremely important. If you have the philosophy that everybody is going to shop the internet, that everybody's going to get a price that is a net loss, and you utilize that philosophy and start penciling your gross away at the beginning or giving it away at the beginning, that's, that's selling out a weakness, gang, and it's going to cost you all of it. And then you're going to wonder at the end of the month why you have 15 minis out of the 18 cars that you sold. And that's not what we want either. So if you're striving for that type of volume and, you know, 15 to 18 is respectable in any store, uh, you know, you want at least half of those or more than half of those to be substantial deals. You know, you're going to have, okay, if you have 50% uh, minimum commission, fine, take it and then do the best you can to maximize on the other ones. But this is, again, what all this material is going to help us do. So as we have an opportunity to close for this particular episode and I know there's been a lot of information thrown out there and there's been kind of different directions and rambling on I do that a lot by the way which is uh, just something I'm working on but <laughs> you know I'll go in a lot of different directions because there's so many different directions that this business can go there's so many different subjects to, to focus upon so what I want to end up with is I had a situation where a sales consultant had contacted me and said uh, I've run into this a little bit more than I want to of late but people are saying, well, I've only had, I have this much money. I'm only approved for this much. I only have this much in my account. So can you sell me this car for that out the door? And you've got to watch this and you've, you've got to really make sure that this is not something that is the case anymore because it's all market-based. These people used to be trained that, yeah, if I have a certain dollar amount, hey, it's cash, it's important. Well, we don't care. In fact, we make more if we finance. So it doesn't matter. It's detrimental to the situation to take a cash deal we'll take them we'll take them all but we want them to finance we want to maximize our profitability but the fact that they have that much cash or they're approved for so much from their bank let us have a crack at it we can get more bought and that's what we have to try to do but initially you have to go back to the market-based pricing philosophy and explain what let's go back to the situation where somebody says that's too much money for the vehicle you know, don't even get to the point where I only have this much, I'm only approved for this much, I only have this much cash. Just go back to the beginning, and somebody says that, and you say, well, when you say that it's too much for the vehicle, do you mean it's more than you think the vehicle's worth or more than you want to spend a day? And if they say, well, it's more than I wanted to spend a day, 
Then we go back to, well, please keep in mind that what you've budgeted and what this vehicle will bring in the marketplace are not related. Same thing with the people that have been approved for $15,000 and they want a $20,000 car for fifteen out the door. That's just not going to happen. And it has to be made clear <laughs> up front that it's not going to happen. Okay, again, what this vehicle will sell for and what you're approved for are not related. Unfortunately, we have to go ahead and take a look at a different vehicle. On the other side of the coin, have you been quoted a certain payment on that loan and what is your target payment? You can dig a little bit deeper, see if there is a way to tailor something for these folks. If they like the car enough, world-class presentation, perhaps they will buy it. But keep in mind, no deceit, no trickery. It's all about value, it's all about honesty, and it's all about professionalism and courtesy. So when you have that customer, you have to tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And I had that problem as a sales consultant many, 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 many years ago. And I know a lot of us do as sales consultants today. But tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. In other words, hey, if I can get that car down closer to 15, is that something you want to buy today? Or let's see what we can do. You're just giving it all away and you're not selling from strength. You have to be extremely careful with that. So keep that in mind, that when somebody comes in with a check, somebody has a pre-approved amount, and watch those pre-approved amounts too. It still has to be based on the car and, you know, again, what they're buying, what the car will uh, bring. Uh, so those are something uh, to keep your eye on also. But those things aren't related. Budget's not related anymore. Market-based, same thing with new cars. We have to educate the customer up front. That being said, you don't want to throw them out of the store. You don't want to be so negative initially that they lose their comfort level with you. So that's why this can be a little bit tricky. But again, tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Explain the benefits of market-based pricing and now how they can point to any car on the lot, say, I'll take it at that dollar and be rewarded with a fantastic deal. That's something that couldn't happen just a few years ago because, again, these are all priced a certain way now. So that's a benefit to the customer. Focus on the positives. If you focus on the positives, things are going to go really, really good for you. So again, if you haven't already, pick up a copy of Beyond the Walk Around. Look for other things coming in the future. Uh, love talking to you. If you have any comments or questions or thoughts, please call at 815-988-1297 or send an email at rob at hamiltonsalestraining.com. That's rob at hamiltonsalestraining.com or go on to the website, Hamilton Sales Training. Love to hear from you. Anything that you have, uh, we can talk about. If you have any ideas, I'll be glad to talk about it on the next podcast, audio cast. I still don't know what to call these. I know it's, I know it's a podcast, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure what a pod is. You know, I'm born 300 years too late. I'm behind the times, but I'm trying to evolve as well. So at any rate, I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll talk next time. Take care. Bye.